How's everybody? Good, good to see you. Man, tremendous praise and worship today. Just good to be uh, with you. I uh, could hear you singing. I was standing in the back just a moment ago. You guys sounded great. Amen. I mean, the band sounded pretty good too. But... <laughs> Amen. Worship team. No, it's good to worship with the body of Christ. I'm just, I'm so glad you're here. Um, we at the experience, if you've never been here before, we at the experience teach through books of the Bible, just line by line, verse by verse. We don't, uh, uh, we don't really teach topical lessons uh, that often. Uh, we just teach through the word and let the word do uh, what the word is supposed to do. Then that's convict and encourage and enlighten and all of those things. So uh, we're going to, we're in second Peter. We just finished first Peter a couple weeks ago. And last week, uh, we started First Peter. If you didn't get a chance to hear that message, you can find it on our app or website. Or uh, I, I would encourage you to go listen to that. It's it's uh, Pastor Corey taught on the first chapter, gave us a little bit of the background and context of of Second Peter, and then today we'll be in the second chapter. Uh, you should have gotten a notes handout when you came in. Uh, if you didn't, uh, everything I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about, is going to be on the screens, or you can uh, download the Experience Community app on your smartphone. And uh, you can follow along there on the smartphone. It even has the, the scripture that I'm going to read there. So, uh, or you can just, you know, open your Bible. Um, a lot of people don't carry these anymore because we got it on our phone or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, any way you choose to follow along uh, is great. Last week, Pastor Corey covered um, the first chapter. And in, in, contained in the first chapter, it's all about our freedom in Christ, that he has given us by his divine power all that we need for life and godliness. But we have to know it. We have to know that. We have to know that he's given us that. So we have to know, we have to read the word, and he ended up with that. Read the Bible. It's going to sound very familiar. I want to tell you, this, this week we're going over, uh, in the second chapter, Peter's angry He's really angry because false teachers have infiltrated the church and they're luring people away from Christianity, from Christ-likeness, from being Christ followers. They're just being deceptive and luring them away from that. And Peter's angry and you'll hear it come out in this chapter as we, as we read it. It's a little difficult this weekend and I get that, but in my passion, there is compassion. I want you to know that. We will be challenged today that we must know the scripture in, in order to be able to stand and know what false teaching sounds like. Because friends, it is all around us. It's all around us. There's false teaching everywhere. And we need to know good, sound, biblical teaching or we will fall prey to false teaching. All right? So that's what this weekend's about. Um, I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, it's on page 1988 in my Bible. Um, I don't know if that helps you, but uh, probably not. Well, let's pray, and then we'll start. Father in heaven, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Even when it's convicting, even when it seems harsh, even when you have challenges to us, God, we thank you for your word because we know it is for our good. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to freedom. Help us to experience freedom in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, here we go, second chapter, second Peter. There were indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They'll bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them and will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved ways and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with made up stories. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle and their destruction does not sleep. For if God didn't spare the angels who sinned but cast them into hell and delivered them in chains of utter darkness to be kept for judgment, and if he didn't spare the ancient world but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness and seven others, when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly, and if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral, for as that righteous man lived among them day by day, his righteous soul was tormented by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If all of these things, he's saying, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly. Say, rescue the godly. Rescue the godly. From trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. So this is a great warning from Peter. This is an admonition to you and me that we need to understand why the scripture is here and why it is our foundation. And that's what chapter one is all about. The last part of chapter one, Peter describes how it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. In Paul's letter to Timothy, he said, all scripture, Timothy, is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and training in righteousness. I need us to know, we need to know as a body of Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, that this is our foundation. The scripture is so important to us. Yes. He's laying a foundation for us because he said, Jesus told his disciples when he was with them, he said, there will be false teachers and false prophets. There always have been, there always will be. Hello, America. Amen. So you need to be ready and you need to be informed. You need to know the difference between sound biblical teaching and false doctrine because they're here and Peter sees it coming true. <laughs> Nothing's changed. When you look around us today, nothing has changed. He says they're teaching destructive heresies. In other words, these are not just misinterpretations of the scripture. These are not doctrinal things like end times, eschatology, or uh, the way we baptize, or these, these are, even when Apollos taught that that misinterpretation of how to baptize and Paul had to rebuke him. No, 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 these are people who were deliberately misinforming followers of Jesus Christ, not just a misinterpretation. They were spreading a false gospel that minimizes the cross of Jesus Christ. Friends, the cross is our salvation. The cross is our salvation. If we don't understand the cross of what Christ came to do, his life, his death, and his resurrection, because the tomb is empty, we have an advocate, right? We can be made one with the Father. But these teachings weren't teaching any of that. Their moral and spiritual destruction and all those who followed them were falling captive to that as well falling prey to it, 
we got to be careful who we follow. We have to be careful who we follow. You, we can't just be on Instagram and that's where we get all of our theology. We can't just follow some guy on TikTok. We have to be careful who we follow. It needs to line up here. It needs to line up. And Peter says, many of us are falling for this. He points out that these, these are such smooth talkers. They've been trained in this. They're such smooth talkers. They come with eloquent speech. And Paul says, I didn't come with eloquent speech. I came with the word of God. Amen. It is the word of God. But because they had worked so hard at being eloquent and smooth talkers, pretending to be a Christ follower, but denying that Jesus Christ is the savior, they're fooling a bunch of people. And he says, you're, you're easy to fool because you don't know the word. That's what he was telling them. And it's happening in our day. We, Church of America, we become so nonchalant about our relationship with Jesus Christ. I think it breaks the heart of God. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. False teaching has become so popular. I believe in places more popular than the truth because Paul says in 2 Timothy, we have itching ears that want to hear what we want to hear. In the beginning of that verse, he says, there will be a day that we no longer heed sound doctrine. Amen. We're here. We're here. We want somebody who just believes like I do. Make me feel, you don't understand, Pastor Greg. Thousands of people believe this and that false theology. Thousands of people are wrong then. Amen. This is our foundation. Yes. What is taught must line up with scripture. Amen. If they're not teaching scripture, it's a false theology. And they're maligning the word of God and ultimately God himself. See the impact, they've just thrown out their smooth talking, they've just thrown out the lure. And people who didn't know the word of God, people who weren't solid in their faith, people who weren't practicing their faith day in and day out were falling prey to it. And they're just reeling them in and they're maligning their own testimony. These people who claim to be Christians, they're following this false doctrine, this false theology. And ultimately, guys, the way we live matters because it ultimately doesn't bring glory to Christ. Amen. It will ultimately speak poorly about his reputation, not just ours. Do you see it? The way we live matters. Yes, yes. The way we live, if I call myself a Christian, the, on the weekends and I go to church and, and I, I, I know people and people who think I'm a Christian and I live like hell on Monday or Wednesday. I don't show up to work on time. I don't have a good work ethic or I treat my server bad or, or I, I don't drive like a Christian. Uh-oh. Started stepping on my own toes there. Listen, the way we live matters day in and day out because... When we don't live the way Christ has called us to live, it maligns the word of God. It maligns Christ himself. Amen. And Peter is calling them back, and I'm calling us back, that our testimonies should reflect what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. We ought to live differently than the world. The world ought to say, man, there's something different about them. Yes. They, they love people who are unlovable. Back. They They care for people who they allow people to come into their sanctuary who don't look like them Amen. and they love them they don't respond 
with evil when evil is against them. Man, we ought to look differently from the world, church. But these people are not in it for real righteousness. They're in it for their own gain. Now listen, Peter isn't condemning that teachers be paid here and every like teacher in this place said, hallelujah. Teachers need to be paid more, by the way, but what he's saying is that these teachers were more interested in making money. And we're gonna learn just if you give you a little context here, it's not just about money. It becomes about sexual favors. We'll hear it in just a minute. I'll give you a little context though. But they're more interested in teaching a, a, a prosperity gospel, right? Your best life now. Give me a break. If this is my best life, I, I want a refund. Like life is hard. Anybody? You guys are like with me, right? You're awake out there. Life is hard. If this is my best life, I, I gotta tell you, the life for a Christian, this is not it. This is, this is not your best life. But just because you wrote a few books and you put a little bit of money in your pocket, that doesn't mean what you're teaching isn't a heresy. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful. They're commercializing religion. Listen, when somebody says, listen, just send me $100 and I'll send you a handkerchief that I prayed over, that's not the gospel. Amen. Come on, y'all. That's not the gospel. If, if somebody's saying, you need to send me because one of my jets is out of commission right now. Now listen, I, I know I'm painting with a broad brush here. I know that. Not all of them are charlatans. But if it's more about money and more about their personal gain, it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, your destruction, their destruction is imminent. It's already done. It's coming. He gives three examples. I want you to notice the scope here, the reduction in scale, because he starts with the cosmos. This is incredible. Peter says, <clears throat> that we will face judgment and everyone faces judgment. So he gives them three examples, starting with angels, angelic beings, because of their pride and their rebellion, they were condemned, they were judged. And then he talks about the disobedience of the world. He went from the cosmos to the world in Noah's day. Those who mocked Noah for building an ark, those who were rebellious against the Lord Jesus Christ, he wiped them out. He judged them. And then, the, and then he brings it to Murfreesboro. He brings it to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? I'm not comparing those two, but he brings it to the cities. He brings it to where you and I are and the sexual sin there, the deviance. Because friends, we're all, we will all stand before God. But the thing about these teachers, these false teachers, they thought they had a better way. And they're trying to lure people into their truth. Oh, I've got a secret truth you don't know about. It would have been called Gnosticism, Book of Acts. I've got a secret truth you don't understand. You, you, you don't understand. You're supposed to be liberated. There's no worries about that. It's almost as if they gave them a license to sin. That is the height of arrogance. To think that I am beyond the judgment of God, to think that I am beyond his judgment, the creator versus the created, and I am superior to him. God's not gonna allow the scales of justice to forever remain out of balance. He will not do that. That would compromise who he is. He's a just God. The Bible says in Romans, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Listen, I want to do that this side of heaven. Yes. I want to do that, and I implore you, that is our responsibility, that we get to, yes. we get to worship him. Amen. Because we can't escape the judgment of God. Peter follows up with a little bit of grace here. Praise the Lord, right? This is tough. He's, he's angry, and you can hear it, but he doesn't leave them in despair because he describes this grace of God in rescuing Noah and Lot. This, this grace that God promises to you and me to rescue the godly. Amen. Friends, I have to tell you, God's grace is always available. I don't, know, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what brought you in. Maybe you think you just wandered in here today. You're not even sure why you're here. God has a plan for your life. I don't know what you're going through, but I know God is able to deliver you. Yes. He is able to preserve those who will follow him. Reminds me of Psalm 34. He says, the angels of the Lord is a guard. He shields and defends all who fear him. Yes. My goodness, thank you, Jesus, for your thank word. You, but grace, that make a great tattoo. The grace that went before me, the grace that has gone before you, the grace that comes behind me, the grace that hems me in on every side. Oh, there, there go I, but for the grace of God. <laughs> but grace, thank you, Lord. Next part. Starting in the middle of verse 10 there, he says, bold, arrogant people. They're not afraid to slander the glorious ones. However, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord, but these people, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand. And in their destruction, they, they too will be destroyed. They'll be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. They consider it a pleasure to carouse in broad daylight. Their spots and blemishes, delighting in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, never stop looking for sin. They seduce unstable people and have hearts trained in greed. Children under a curse. They've gone astray by abandoning the straight path and have followed the path of Balaam, the son of Boser, who loved the wages of wickedness, but received a rebuke for his lawlessness. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Two things as I've gotten older that I've learned, pride is a killer. Man, I gotta tell you guys, I struggle with it too. Man, if there's one thing about Experience Community Church, we talk real. Amen. Authentic is not just a buzzword around here. I'm just like you. We are in this together and I struggle too. And Peter is pointing out the audacity that this prideful behavior, that they're, they're so prideful, they'll even mock what they don't understand in angelic beings who won't even they won't even mock the Lord. So despite all their claims to have this special knowledge, this special truth, this truth that's really only available to them, they're trying to confuse the church with, they speak out of stupidity and arrogance. They don't even understand it. I have to tell us this morning, truth is not subjective. Friends, truth is not fluid. It does not change. 
It does not change your truth versus my truth, my truth. Oh, this is my truth. I'm living my truth. This this, this is the thing right now. Listen, if truth doesn't align with scripture, it's not truth. It's just not truth. There's no new truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And pride, pride gets us. We get so, we get so prideful. These people walked around, these false teachers, with zero shame. They're so arrogant. Peter calls them, describes them like irrational animals. They're, they're just born to be hunted and destroyed, slaughtered. They brazenly sin in broad light. Man, even the pagans, if you read back, even the pagans in the New Testament, they understand that, man, don't do it in broad daylight. We're supposed to do it under the cover of darkness. Even they know that. It reminds me of Psalm 12, 8, that says, the wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men. America? We honor the vile now. Hello? We honor what's awful now, and we put it up on a pedestal, and we say, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's your truth. That's truth doesn't change. And let me tell you, as we delight in our deceptions, thinking that, well, I'm not really living in sin. I'm just dabbling in it a little bit. That's like being a little pregnant. <laughs> Are you pregnant? Uh, a little. It doesn't make sense. Friends, we are either living in sin or we're not. Sin has either power and dominion or we are either in bondage to sin or we're not. And we choose to live, we deliberately choose to live in less of the freedom that Christ has called us. I don't understand. Because living in sin is eventually going to destroy me. It's eventually going to destroy us. We understand that the devil comes to ski, kill, steal, and destroy. He's, he's not coming to just ruin your day. He wants to destroy us. It may not be today, but it was, it's imminent. Friends, living in sin is going to destroy us. It may not be today. It may be today. Keep devouring pornography like you're doing. That's going to destroy you. Keep going on benders every weekend. It's going to destroy your family. It's going to destroy you. Keep pursuing all the prestige, all the things that you want to pursue that the world has to offer. I'm telling you, it's going to destroy us. It's going to destroy us. Living in sin is ultimately, eventually going to lead to our destruction As if it could get worse, I gave you a little context on this. When it says that they were, while you feasted, they delighted in your, their talk, delighted in their deceptions. They're talking about the feast where they come together and take communion. Dear God, can you imagine eyes full of adultery like that? These false teachers were so interested in sexual favors and teaching what would be a prosperity gospel for them that they had looked around seeing how they could score with all the women who are there. And they became experts at it. It's disgusting. Yet this is infiltrating our church. Not this church, but the church of Jesus Christ. 
They had trained themselves in the Greek. It meant, it says to train as if Olympic training. They, they were good at it. And they were fooling people, seducing other people. So it's not just about their false teaching. It's about leading other people away from Christ. Friends, we need to be careful when somebody is teaching anything other than a gospel that lifts up the name of Jesus. We need to be careful. We need to be wary of that. If it's exalting the teacher and not the father, man, that's a dead giveaway. So Peter uses a familiar story. Go back, you should read this this afternoon. It's in Numbers 22, 22 to 24. It's a great story. Peter uses the story of Balaam, a prophet. Who's a prophet? A prophet bent on cursing Israel. A prophet bent on his own desires. So in, enticed by money, he went to curse Israel for money. Now listen, money is not the problem. Money isn't the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And even though God had said, no, don't do that, he goes anyway because money is where his heart is. God will use anything to get our attention. <laughs> he will use anything. What has our attention? What has our attention now? Is it that job? Is it that next promotion? I'll get my relationship with Jesus, but I just, I gotta really, really get this promotion. Is it prestige? Is it your neighbor got a boat, now you gotta get a boat? Is it lust? Is it the love of money? What has our attention now? God is pursuing you. God is pursuing us. Friend, somebody needs to hear this this morning. Even though you run from him, he's after you. Amen. Psalm says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I make my bed in the depths, if I make it in the, you're there. Amen. God is pursuing us. And maybe, just maybe, the God of the universe, the God who designed the heavens, the vast universes that we now are understanding, ever expanding universes down to the intricacy of a flower, a rose petal and all the detail there, that creative God maybe, just maybe might have a better plan for my life than I can dream of. Amen. He's yes. pursuing us. He's pursuing us. Yes. He loves us. He wants us yes. to experience the freedom that only he can provide. Last part. He said, these people, these false prophets, these false teachers are, are springs without water, mists driven by a storm. The gloom of darkness has been reserved for them. For by uttering boastful, empty words, they seduce with fleshly desires and vouchery people who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated, the last state is worse for them than the first. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy command delivered them to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit and a washed sow returns to wallowing in the mud. 
Boy, he uses a great metaphor here to describe how useless this false teaching is. Everybody who would have traveled in that day, they're all in the desert, sometimes days traveling by foot or on donkey or on a camel, but just repressive heat, kind of like this summer has been. And they see a well, maybe after a day's journey, they see this well out in the distance and they're encouraging their family, don't worry, when we get there, it'll be great, we're gonna get some water and they get there and, and it's empty. This is the description he makes of these teachers. They have nothing to offer but empty promises. Amen. It's all about deceiving each other. Let me ask you a question. How can someone who is a slave themselves ever set anybody free? Friends, if we are going to help others find freedom, we need to experience ourselves. We need to experience the freedom in Christ that he has called us to so that we can then help others experience that freedom that he's calling them to. Yes. That's good news, by the way. Amen. Instead, they offer this twisted freedom, promising them freedom, but selling them into slavery because we understand we're, we're slaves to whatever controls us. That makes sense to us, doesn't it? We're slaves. Well, Greg, you don't understand. I can stop looking at porn anytime I want. Then stop. Well, I don't need to go on benders every weekend. Then don't. Uh, I don't need to have an affair on my spouse. Then stop having affairs on your spouse. Whatever controls you, listen, show me your checkbook register and I'll tell you where your treasure is. Freedom doesn't mean we can do anything we want. They're, not, they're offering them freedom, but they're selling them a license to sin. That's slaves to sin. <laughs> we understand that. If we refuse to serve God, we are slaves to our own sinful desires. Greg, where do you get that? The book of James brother of Jesus. He said that, we're, that we, when we finally give birth to sin, it's our own fleshly desires that first drag us away. And then it gives birth to sin. It's our own sinful desires. No, Christ is offering us a freedom to live in him out of thanksgiving, out of gratefulness, out of what he has done for us. I'm not I'm not serving him because I have to serve him. I'm serving him because I want to serve him. I'm living in freedom that he has provided for me. And then I echo that with response in worship. I serve out of thanksgiving. There should be a clear distinction between a follower of Christ and someone who is not. The, the knowledge that we're talking about, that he's talking about, Peter talking about it in verse 20, was just a head knowledge. There was no change of heart. It was just a change in behavior. And there's a difference between knowing who Jesus is and having a relationship with him. Amen. Again, the first chapter says, we've been given everything we need for, by his divine power for life and godliness. Everything we need for freedom, we have. We already have. The problem is we don't know it because we don't know it. We don't know the word. Because we're so nonchalant in America. Again, we're so apathetic about our faith. When are we going to get serious about our relationship with Jesus? 
says, after knowing the righteousness, they reject it for their own evil desire. Again, this is not a misinterpretation. They knew the way, but they wanted to go their own way. You know what? God will absolutely let you. This is the difference between the knowledge of God that might produce, it just might produce a temporary lifestyle change, right? Because I know that if I do this and I do this and I do that, that I kind of look like a Christian. And then Christianity becomes a bunch of do's and don'ts. You know, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. When Christianity is a bunch of done by Jesus Christ, he's already done it all. We don't have to do anything except accept him and then in response, live in worship of him. Carry that out. Let me tell you something. I put this in orange. God is not interested in behavioral modification. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change you from the inside out. Now, don't leave this place and go, you know, Pastor Greg said I could do anything I want. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what behavior, what the behavior modification comes out of is a heart that's bent on loving Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, it's just cosmetic change, y'all. Come on, we just put a piece of veneer over a rotten, termite-infested piece of wood and called it a brand new table. And the church had fallen prey to this. Imposters using religion for their own gain. They're here now. They're here, it's all over America. And Peter is calling them, Christian, don't fall for this. You have to know the word. Don't fall for this. Please return to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am pleading with you today. I am pleading with us today to return to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, the world is looking for something that is authentic. The world is desperately looking for something that's real. We have the word authentic in our mission and our three vision statements. We, what, the reason we exist is to make authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We do that through authentic commu worship, community, and community service. <laughs> if there is any place in the world that someone ought to find genuine, it ought to be the church. Amen, yes. That's why we teach the way we teach. That's why you know you know, Greg, one of our pastors, yeah, he's not perfect either. He's on this journey just like I am. Friends, be willing to live your life out loud and on purpose for Jesus Christ in the freedom that he has provided for us. Amen. So let me ask you a few questions. Are we really free or have we settled to live far beneath the freedoms that God has provided for us. Have we settled for less than God's desire for us? He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And the only way to escape it is by accepting what Christ has done by his grace. Friends, we are only saved by grace through faith.
That not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. That's the only way we can get outside of this bondage of slavery. That's the only way that we can have victory over the sin in our lives is to accept the freedom that God provides. Are you with me? Do we understand? Are we really free? It only comes through a relationship with Jesus. It only comes through a relationship with Jesus. And there's a difference between just knowing about him and being in relationship with him. My wife, Tammy, and I got married 34 years ago. If I said to her, man, babe, that's a really beautiful wedding. I'll see you in a couple weeks. I mean, that's just not gonna be a great relationship. Hey, I know that they say we should date every once in a while. We should have, you know, talks. We should... Listen, I need to spend time with her in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the evening. We need to go on dates. We need to commune together. We need to be together. I need to know about her. I need to know her. I need to be in relationship with her. Does anybody understand the correlation? We need to be doing those things in communion and knowing just about Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus, said that even the demons know that. We can't escape the judgment of God, friends, unless we have a relationship with Christ himself. Thank God there is grace. Oh my goodness, thank God for grace. Listen, a relationship with Jesus, there's no ABCs, there's no special prayer. It just begins with confession. Lord, I need you. I've been walking this way. My life is a mess. I'm I'm a mess, my family's a mess. I, I need to repent of that. In other words, I'm sorry enough to quit. Amen. Not just, man, sorry, God. No, no, no. Repentance, I'm sorry enough to quit, and I'm going to walk this way. Yes. Repentance just means an about face, to turn. And then a relationship grows. So how are you growing? How are we growing? What am I doing? What are we doing? Again, are we just being flippant? There are two ways to live your life. Two, just two. You can live your life accidentally or you can live it intentionally. What do you mean by that? Well, I hope my kids grow up to, you know, be good citizens and you can just leave them in their room and let them watch TV 24-7 and give them a phone at four years old and see what happens. That's living accidentally. Or you could actually be, we could be good parents. Yes. Well, hope my, hope my spouse knows her way to Jesus, or I could lead my family. Amen. What are we doing about our relationship? How are we growing our relationship with Christ? When are we going to get serious and get in the word? When are we going to get serious and get accountability around us? When are we going to get serious and plug into a life group so that I can have real community and real discipleship and real growth that I want and Jesus wants me to have? Amen. Instead, we fall prey to false teaching. So how are we developing discernment? Are you just on TikTok? Well, I get all my theology from YouTube. There's no new truth. I know contrary to popular opinion, each time I get the chance to teach, I... Seemingly, the lesson touches on progressive Christianity, and here it is. Friends, there is no new truth. 
If it doesn't line up with scripture, it's not truth, plain and simple. Love doesn't just win. You can make a choice. You have a choice. Yes. We have to follow the truth. In other words, it, let me listen. By the time a Jewish boy was 12 year old, 12 years old, he would have to have memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. All of them, all five, completely memorized. Can start in any place the rabbi told him to, can finish anywhere. Absolutely crazy. And in America, we say, well, you know, the Bible says, well, the Bible says something like this somewhere in the New or Old Testament. It says something like that. That's our cursory knowledge of the word. Yeah, there was a, there's a, you know, Daniel, I think through a rock, no, David, David against Goliath. I think he, you know, there was a king who, we just have this cursory knowledge. We're just so apathetic. And we have the word of God. We have the word of God on our phones. You can't go to any bookstore. You can hardly go to any store that doesn't carry the Bible. And yet we're settling for less than the freedom that God wants us to have, that we want to have, and we have everything we need. <laughs> How will we guard against false teachers? Get in the word. Amen. Get serious about our faith. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Listen, there are a couple of ways that we can respond this morning. To my right, your left on the side of the stage, right up by the corner here, Pastor Muhammad is here. Man, you wanna talk to somebody who God has radically turned their life around come talk to Pastor Muhammad. If you are here this morning and you don't know anything about what we've talked about, you're not sure, but you want to know more information about how to start a relationship with Jesus, Pastor Muhammad would love to talk to you. There are also men and women on both sides of the stage that would love to pray with you. Please don't leave this place. If there's something that you need prayer for, no matter how big, how small, please don't leave this place without getting someone to pray with you. And lastly, and listen to me, don't tune, don't tune out. If you are a follower of Jesus and you wanna take communion, we serve open communion here at The Experience. That just means anyone who follows Jesus can take communion. But I want us to do it all together today, all right? So I want you to get communion and bring it back to your seats and Pastor Mike will lead us in communion. We'll do it together in community. Now listen, there's a thing here. The caveat is if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that you eat and drink condemnation on yourselves by drinking the blood of Jesus Christ if you are not a follower. So please don't do that. But anybody who is a follower of Jesus, please get it, take it back to your seat. Father in heaven, your word is hard sometimes, it's difficult, it's, it's convicting. And yet in the conviction comes encouragement.
Lord, we're encouraged, we're challenged this morning to read your word, to take our faith seriously. Father, help us not to rely on the laurels of yesterday. Help us not to rely on the rumors of Christianity that we've heard, but to get into the word and know it for ourselves. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.